0: So, this is actually my first one of these to do, so I'm kind of new at it. Um, Hi, my name is Brad. Um, I have a question for you. Have you ever felt like you're just not enough? Maybe, maybe, uh... (laughs) hold on a second, Robin. (laughs) Uh, Maybe your vocabulary is not good enough. Maybe you're not smart enough. Maybe you can't speak in public enough. Heads up, I struggle with that one. Um, maybe you're hindered by your family or your location, money situations, uh, appearance, style. Maybe you just don't, maybe, maybe you're just not tall enough. I told you I'd get there. I told you I'd get there. Maybe you feel like your life choices, the sin that you've done, maybe you feel like that keeps you from, from going with God, that you're not good enough. To, to grow. You're not good enough to get past it. Whatever the reason is, we've all gone through it. Uh, I struggled with it this whole last week, trying to prepare for tonight. I, I couldn't get my brain to function. I couldn't put my, my thoughts together. I, I, I just couldn't get the words that I wanted to say. I, I, did uh, ha, ha. I, I, I didn't feel like I was good enough to come and brag on Jesus. What's really cool though, is that God uses people like this constantly. I'm gonna give you a a few uh, examples. Um, In the Old Testament, we're gonna go with uh, Exodus four. And and this is is Moses who is speaking to God. God is is in the form of a a fire, a a bush burning. And what what the conversation is, is God is trying to tell Moses, I'm gonna use you. You're going to pull my people out of, out of Egypt. You're going to pull my people out of, uh, out of slavery. And Moses is just hurling these, these excuses as why he's not good enough. But the one that really sticks out to me is uh, in Exodus 4.10, he says, I am slow to speech and, and young. I'm slow to speech. He, he's, he's leaning on the fact that he, 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 whether it's a speech impediment, he stutters, he has a lisp, or he just doesn't get up and talk in front of people. He, he's leaning on that. Um, we all know how it works out. He finally gives in and, and, and does what God says to do, which is right. And, and not only does he bring, him, bring the people of Israel out of, uh, out of slavery and out of Egypt, but he also leads them for an additional 40 years uh, through the wilderness. God took this, this man who couldn't speak, who, who was so timid, and made him that and, and saved his people. Another one uh, from the Old Testament is, is in uh, Judges. It's uh, six through, Judges six through eight, and that is uh, that's Gideon. Uh, I kind of like Gideon. He's he's uh, not a very big guy. He's he's kind of young. He's uh, he's the most insignificant person in an insignificant insignificant family in the smallest town of, of Judah. And God God sends an angel to him and says, "You're going to lead an army." whoa, 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 time out. Me? No, 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 not me. I'm not going to, that's not for me. He tests God. He, he, he asks for some signs to make sure that it's real. And finally, okay, God, you're in this. you you got this. So God's going to use this, this insignificant kid to do this. He's not done because when, when the army gets formed, God says, no, 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 that's, that's too big. So they, they take away about half of the army and And Gideon's kind of a little little shaken up, but he's Oh, I can do this, I can do this. But God looks down and says, no, 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 no. If you win with that army, then man's going to get the glory and I'm not. The point of this is for me, for God to get the glory. So he tells him, get rid of some more. By the end of this thing, Gideon's looking at an army of 300 people. 300 people to go against a full army. God's got to be at work here. So uh, that's, that's cool on its own. Like, God has done amazing things here. But the way that the, the, the fight takes place, it's not God arming these men with strength, and arm, uh, arming these, God, these men with, with uh, swords. He gives them pots and pans and things to break, and sticks that are on fire. They, they come in, and, and they get above the, their, their enemies. The, uh, the, the night before the attack was supposed to happen, and they make this big noise. And the, the enemy is all confused, and they fight, start fighting themselves, and the battle's won like that. Now, Gideon goes on to be a ruler or a judge for the Israelites for another 40 years. God has taken this, this little kid, this scared little kid, and put him in this position. All right, so let's go to the New Testament. One of my favorite uh, uh, passages in the New, New Testament, it's in all the Gospels, but I took the one out of uh, Luke 9, it's 12 through 7, uh, 12 through 17, and this is Jesus feeding the 5,000. So there's, there's, if you don't know the story, Jesus is up on a mountain, he's, he's teaching people, he's teaching, he's preaching, he's healing, he's busy all day long, and, and everyone's starting to get weary, everyone's starting to get tired, most of all, people are getting hungry, Um and the disciples come up, and they're worried. They're scared. What are we going to do? We don't have enough money to buy food. We don't have enough food to feed everybody. And, and Jesus just, you know, he says, hang on. What do we have? And they come to him with, with five loaves of bread and two fish. That was it. Basically the equivalent of a Lunchable. He's got a Lunchable, and he's, gonna, and he's trying to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesus is not scared. Jesus takes, takes and he, he asks a blessing, and he breaks the bread, and, and, and he, he passes it out, and he has his disciples pass it out. And not only is there enough to go around, there's enough for everybody to eat, and to eat enough to be satisfied. Plus, there's more to take back. So, so Jesus has taken this little bit of food that wasn't enough, and has provided for all these people. One more. Since we're in the Christmas season, and, and, and I didn't go really Christmassy with it, um, the greatest one in the, in, in the entire Bible, the greatest part where God uses the not enough is when he steps out of heaven and wraps himself in flesh. He doesn't wrap himself in kingly, adult, you know, honor flesh. No, he, he wraps himself up as a baby like was talked about earlier. I mean, what, what can a baby do? They're weak, they're helpless, they're needy. I've got four kids. One of mine is nine months old and she can't do much. She needs us to do everything for her. And this is how Jesus is, chooses to come with us. All right. So he, he's born as a baby. He's born in a barn, not even a, a hospital. He's, he's born with the animals. His bed is a manger. It's a food bowl for, for uh, animals. His, he's born to a teenager. The mom was a, was a teenager. Mary was a, a teenager. And uh, she was an unwed pregnant woman. She's automatically labeled as a harlot. So he grows up with, with this woman who's, who's labeled as a, as a harlot, as, a, as an adulteress. And his father, his father wasn't royalty. His father was a, a, a carpenter. They lived, in, uh, they lived in Nazareth, not a very big place. It even says, and I did not look the scripture up, but it even says that nothing good comes out of, out of Nazareth. But from this place and from these circumstances that God has chosen comes the savior of the world. So I'd like to leave you with, with this thought. God does not ask for a buffet. He asks only for what you have. Don't let your finances, your intelligence, your inability to speak in public hinder you from God's work and growth. Don't let your past decisions, sin, location, family issues, lead you to believe that you are anything less than enough. Because God can do mighty things through people that believe they are not enough. Amen people